even flow. Thoughts arrive like Blender style. The show where we discuss an extreme blend of music. On this episode, Pearl Jam 10, released in 1991. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. This is Pearl Jam's debut album uh, and one of the first CDs I ever bought. Uh, And this has been, it's a favorite of mine and it's come up over and over again at pivotal points in my life where I kind of like rediscover it and get into it again. And I've been kind of holding it back because I didn't want Casey to dunk on like one of my, but now I'm like emotionally shielded enough. I'm like, if he he shits on it, I'm not going to cry. Yeah. Okay. So here we are, Pearl Jam 10. I know we all know it. Why would I shit on this? You hate grunge. Watch our Nirvana preview. That's one thing I'm going to get out of the way right off the bat. I don't think this is a grunge album. What? This is a grunge-influenced album or a album that influenced the grunge movement, but I don't see this as a grunge album. I think that Uh, it has definitely... It has the grunge tones. I think it definitely has a 70s feel to it. Mm -hmm. I definitely think it has a Jimi Hendrix feel to it even. Exactly. I would Uh, agree with that. Led Zeppelin, so even early, like, I feel like, uh, for sure, this is a classic rock record with a grunge grunge undertone. So is it Eddie Vedder that makes it grunge? Because that's where, like, once he started doing that vocal style, everyone. Maybe, maybe, but. But, like, Nirvana doesn't sound like that. But Nirvana has a completely different sound than Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam has a polish to it than Nirvana does. And so does Soundgarden. Exactly. And all these bands are grunge. But Soundgarden, I don't think, was grunge a, yeah. in their late... I think uh, maybe their early album might have been more grungy than their later stuff. Okay, so uh, this is why we have a show, right? It's easy for us to have a conversation with somebody on the street or somebody quick, you know, having some beers. They're like, oh, yeah, grunge, blah, blah, blah. But when you really dissect it and you really get into it, Alice in Chains is not a grunge band. Oh, they're metal Soundgarden almost. is not a grunge band. Right. Uh, Paul isn't a grunge band like but this stuff got lumped in because i think rock was just such a big thing and re- news writers and it was just easy TV to label people it. knew how to call it grunge you know exactly. grunge sold so that's how it yeah uh, it definitely has grunge undertones with like fashion and like definitely is vocals Fat, and stuff like and that's that. from seattle yeah yeah so this came from like the the band mother love bone which i wasn't mm-hmm. a fan into i wasn't into like grunge dude they were so good Oh, yeah? No, I never listened to them. Ah, uh, bummer. Uh, <laughs> their singer died from an overdose, unfortunately. Seems to be a trend. And then Jeff, Am- uh, I can never say the guy's name, Jeff and uh, Stone went on to form Pearl Jam. Okay. And they found Eddie Vedder and surfing in San Diego or some shit. Uh, His hair makes me think he was a surfer. He had to audition for it and stuff like that. Yeah, I think he had a demo tape or something like that. And they just got together and made this album. Um, I don't even... And, and that's so, what it sounds like. It yes, it it's almost like, live. Uh, In some parts, it feels very organic. Well, it definitely sounds like the band is on one trip and and uh, he's on another. You know what I mean? Vocally, yeah. Like I think he's definitely more experimental than what the actual music is kind of doing at times. Like uh, the chord progression. Like I said, it sounds like Jimi Hendrix at times and stuff. So like, I see, I hear nothing too new with it you know what i mean i see like definitely an evolution that's coming especially with this band pearl jam but because of eddie vetter this is kind of to me a standout 
yeah, performance that, and you this know, is no, something no. I've been thinking about a lot is like we talk about bands that don't sound different you can't it's all like you're saying it's always an evolution it's going to be like minimal changes and then some band gets it right and mm-hmm. that spawns a whole new thing well I think uh, Pearl Jam got something right especially with this because it was just some energy of these two entities coming together you know what I mean yeah. and it that's 10 you know so and, so there was an interview done later later on in their careers where the band uh expressed they they were dissatisfied with the sound of this album I've heard and that, that it too. wasn't what they were going for and kind of to touch on where you were at i, I feel like know that. was that a, a a result of eddie vetter coming in and him having all this energy and emotion behind it to where all this extra pre-production or post-production went on and in, in the mixing stage because I read somewhere that they came in and did additional guitar solos and ad- additional dubbing and stuff on the guitars and, and mm-hmm. the musical side just to make it f- sound fuller to maybe match his voice. Well, I think these are also pretty much renditions, if not the same songs for Mother Love Bone. Oh, okay. So uh, some of these songs are, you know, uh, in this Pearl Jam record. And oh, so really? Eddie Vedder came along after so a lot of these songs were already made. Really? And you could definitely tell that they gave him probably free range on this. Like you know just, what I yeah. mean? And uh, it was like, ex- it, it's almost like an experiment. Like this guy's just going over the top. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, it almost even sounds like, you know, he hasn't figured these songs out yet on this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I he's just like, this. I have no idea what he's saying sometimes. What are you and then, like, about? I look up like what he's saying on some of it. You you don't understand <laughs> the, the, the lyrics, <laughs> the even flow. The, the lyric sheets are just a bunch of question marks. Uh, but you know, there's obviously videos. The SNL bit where they make fun of him, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. So he has this like vocal style that it's kind of hit or miss for some people. I think most people like Eddie Vedder that are in the modern I, rock. I think he does a great job of like portraying uh, an angst kind of feeling with his vocals. Like there's a lot of power behind it, but I kind of get where you're coming from. There's there's a almost like a drunken slurry word thing going on at times. Yeah, and he's just like, Wah! like yeah. just what, random notes and shit. Yeah, I think he's, he's just a madman at this time. Oh, I think maybe. him as at his age, at where what he was doing at the time, totally. everything is going into this, and like around this time, you know, as all young men, you know, you're just kind of finding yourself and being fucking weird, especially if you're dabbling in music, you know. Well, yeah, especially when you're trying to make a name for yourself in a flooded market at the time. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is, is Pearl Jam is also known to be like tear down their publicity. Mm-hmm. Anytime they get popular, they're like, no. You know, they yeah, stopped they doing music the videos. They stopped doing it. They didn't even do interviews for many, many years. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but that um, was later on in their career. Well, that was they their, want, the, well no, it's, oh, really? I mean, it's later on, but uh, not very short after. I okay. think the next album they came out with is, what, a year after this? I yeah, honestly pretty don't soon. know. I've never listened to any Pearl Jam after this oh, album. Oh, they all go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, they <laughs> got some songs that are pretty good. Uh, uh, is it Do the Evolution? I have no There's idea. always good songs on Pearl Jam, but oh. it's just it's every, oh, yeah, every album gets progressively worse than the one before. So going back to what I said, it's kind of like these two entities coming together and yes, making this big old spark, and then after that, it, it fizzles out. I agree yeah. with that. That's a really good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, and part of you were talking about like they reject like. Um, being popular or whatever. They were tr- not trying to write bangers. They He's wrote- the Phil and Salmo for Pearl Jam. 
to, as to Pantera. To Pantera. Yeah, they were like a he glam metal. He came along, and I think Eddie Vedder kind of made it more punk, made it more straightforward. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a good, except the first uh, Phil Anselmo album with Pantera sucks. That was a yeah. great album. I know you were going to say that. <laughs> but you were talking about how... You were talking about how uh, they didn't want to write bangers, and or they weren't trying to like write hits and stuff. But they ended up writing a bunch of bangers, and one of them is you know is Black, and the record labels we're gonna make that a single. And they're like, do not make Black a single. Oh really? Yeah, because it's just like too vulnerable and stuff. Which is, you know, what's funny about this. I mentioned that it's like this has come back to me mul- multiple times. The first time I heard Black, I'm like, this shit is hot, bro. I'm like. <laughs> This yeah, is your getting busy music? Yeah, dude. I have like girls over or whatever, and I'm like fumbling through my CDs. I'm like, DSI, that's probably bad. You know, Campbell Corpse. I'm like, oh, Pearl Jam. Every You know, girls like Pearl Jam. I put this on. It has like a sexy vibe on it, but I'm not reading the lyrics. <laughs> the fact that you're like Eddie Vedder's sexy type. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, my God. Chicks love Eddie Vedder, bro. Um, he's a cool dude and that has happened multiple times when I rediscover it it like points when I'm like single or whatever you Mm -hmm. know and it's just it's like a fire album for that which is kind of shitty to say in some way because I think it's deeper than that as opposed to just like some fuck CD I I also feel like this album because there's like a lot of sorry to interrupt you but there's like a lot of different I'm looking at the songs there's like a lot of different vibes going on there is and that's one of my notes it's like there's there's really good pacing throughout this album but it also at the same time has a few falters where there's like this up down where the song will be going really good and then it gets to like this weird part and you're just like okay get to the point Mm -hmm. like what what just happened we lost all momentum all tempo the the mood changes yeah Yeah. well Um, it's almost like interludes jamming man yeah kind of there's like you know what I mean? Like they'll have a song that's kind of an emotional banger, mm-hmm. like J- Jeremy, and then they'll kind I of can't chill. Stand that song. Is it because it's overplayed? I think it's overplayed. This uh, whole this whole album is like, I mean, every it's it, every song on this is played on the radio. Uh, at probably, some point. yeah. But all I, of them. I feel like Crab is like. I feel like so. So this this when we, when we were kids, this was in pretty heavy rotation oh, around our group of friends and stuff, and yeah. so it kind of fit the lifestyle or the the mood of the life we were living at the time. Um, well, like, we would put on albums and with they, like a lot of angst and like a lot of just you know like not caring and just kind of like going through. But this album was you like and not everybody's. You and this, all your friends are going through divorce, divorce parents and shit. Like yeah, that. like that kind of weird like vibe, you know. Where well, like, and then you pick this up when you're going through your own divorces and as an adult, you're like, I get it. <laughs> I, it back to back. I get it. <laughs> but more like, than once. <laughs> but like, but like coming back to it after this because I hadn't listened to it in a long time. I was surprised. Like I was, I was marking all the songs that I like, and I think I marked every song on here except for Jeremy and and Release. Uh, really? Those are the I, two of the best songs. I like Release. You like Jeremy? Um, so Jeremy. So I put this album away for a while, yeah, right? Yeah. And it comes back. So when I listened to this for this show, mm-hmm. I just like put it on and just sat there and listened to it. That's what I usually yeah. do. But I hadn't done this with Pearl Jam in a long time, since like the 90s. Okay. Because back then... Yeah, and that's about the last time I listened to it. Um, But I would listen to it over and over again. But I was doing other stuff, you know what I mean? And Jeremy fucked me up, bro. Really? Dude, I could not... It fucked me up. It was just like, it's so upsetting because i feel like everyone can relate to it mm-hmm. in some way it's like kind of based on a true story i know but like you're either jeremy or you're one of the kids in the classroom uh, and you've been both or you know yeah. what i mean or but the teachers with, is this sorry. because you got bullied when you were a kid 
Everyone's no. gone through some sort of, you know what I mean? I yeah. get what you're saying. Like, and he, they like, just fucking nailed it, dude. It's just crazy how good they nailed it. So this is kind of what I don't like about it. Is it like, you know, you're not just this kid or this kid, you know? Like, <laughs> it's okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's a little much? Yeah, for sure. Is it like Daddy on Corn? I know you don't like that song. It's like, uh, that's just an uncomfortable song for me. Is this uncomfortable that way, or is no, it? Or is it just? I like, think it's also kind of strange because, like, you know, he has like his like explanations of what some of these songs are. You know, like obviously uh, the one song where he's talking about how he finds out his real dad is not his real dad; it's his stepdad, and his mom is like sexually aroused by him because he re- she reminds him of, of his, his dad, real dad, like. Yeah. Like, what do you? What Lifetime movie are you watching? <laughs> no, dude, that was classic '90s America. Yeah, hey, all yeah, the bands. Bruce Springsteen had a song about it too. <laughs> so did Bon Jovi. Bon... <laughs> uh, <laughs> good callback. That's funny. So it's kind of like too much of a bummer, and like it's trying to be a bummer. And well, see, I didn't even think it was that big of a bummer until so I did, like did research, and he like told me this stuff. So was that when <laughs> was that when you were preparing for the show? Did yeah, this, for sure. Did this? I re- knew some roughly of like what some of the songs. So that's always yeah. So even Flaw, I knew it was about home. You know, the homeless and like. But, like, I don't know. I kind of think it just reminds me of like what was actually kind of selling around that time, and. I do understand around that time, you know, that generation or whatever, you know, they were going through some shit in the nineties, you know what I mean? A lot of different things that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, the nineties were kind of cool too. You know, Whoa. it's not relish in like all this, like, uh, well, it kind of sucks that a lot of the music is known for being like downer music, you know, yeah. when actually like, you know, like there was other bands like Mud Honey that were like more like rock and roll and the Stooges, like, you know, and they like call that grunge or whatever. But like that shit was going on and that shit was tight. Like the Melvin. Yeah, well, that's what I like, like about this album, though. Like Once and Even Flowing Alive, those aren't I mean, lyrically, they might be downers, but like tempo wise, tempo wise. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then they do shit like Oceans, which is kind of like you're like, OK, it's a nice little interlude. Be- after I do like Jeremy. Oceans. And then Re- Garden is a masterpiece oh, yeah, of a song. a song. That's my favorite song on the album. That I, That's one I rediscovered like like in 2013 or something like that. I, I was like, oh, I'll listen to Pearl Jam again. And then you get the Garden. You're like, I didn't realize. Yeah, I forgot how good this song And was. then Release. I'm surprised you don't like That's beautiful I, I think my problem with Release is I like the song. I just hate the transition to the hidden track. Mm. Oh, it's... Uh, yeah, and that's like that's what ruins it. Because like, it loops around note. to the front. I, yeah, yeah, I hate the hidden track thing. Like the hidden track to me was, was done in excess in the 90s. I mean, oh, everybody for sure. was doing it, but I feel like the the loop around back to the beginning of it. Only only just, some bands did it, like, yeah, well. So, yeah, I think Nine Offspring Nails, did it well. And Offspring did uh, it really Nine good. Nine did it well. Green Day uh, Dickie, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because they were just separate things. Um, Bush yeah. on 16 Stone had a... Uh, had a good uh, hidden track as well. I don't know. I never listened to that album. Ooh. I did not get into that either. That is definitely on one. Yeah. So with that said, Nathan, what would you give it for a rating? I give this a four point five. Okay, I right think uh, I think they're nostalgic songs. I think they're. I, I think the fact that a generation of people bonded with this, you know, like almost everybody knows this record, you know, 
uh, is so awesome and so lame at the same time. <laughs> well said. And also, like, uh, Eddie Vedder, uh, I'm more of a fan of that than the music, just because the music, honestly, some of the chord progressions and some of the stuff that's going on, it's very mediocre. To me, mediocre, like, not, their playing is great. Well, like very, very cookie, very cookie cutter. It's like I've uh, heard okay. this in almost every sixties band, seventies. You know, like, but it's a great, it's a good album, and everyone should listen to it. So uh, I, I don't agree with Nate. I gave it four point six. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of the same thing. It's an iconic nineties album. Um, I, I don't agree with the the grunge thing. I, I think, like Nate said, this is classic rock with a grunge twist. Um, Eddie's voice and vocal performance are always really good. Uh, I think maybe the actual post-production additions and stuff are kind of what what made it sound really muddied up at some times. Mm. But other than that, I mean, it's great. It's it's one of those iconic albums that you just, you know. When yeah, you like if you hate it, this, like I'm kind of like. I'm probably not gonna want to eat some wings with you. <laughs> well, you're like ten is like the worst album ever. I'm gonna be like, ah. <laughs> so Matt, what do you think? Uh, Pearl Jam Ten is a five out of five. When I thought wow. you were gonna do that, dude. this album is so impactful. It has so much emotional range. I mean, if you just if you want a sexy song, it's on here. If you want something that's gonna uplift you and make you feel good, it's on here. If you are feeling bad about yourself there's a song on here for you and i really really like that they weren't trying to write like a banger album and they did anyway they like caught lightning in a bottle and then every album after that like versus is good vitology is good but they're not as good as the one before so it just that spark has just fit for me as a pearl jam fan i stopped listening like into the 2000s we are blender style that was pearl jam 10 let us know what else we should review in the comments. Like and subscribe and all that YouTube garbage. Share with your friends. Apparently it works the algorithm. I don't give a fuck about the algorithm. Wow, Matt. 5.0, huh? You think you lost your virginity to this. 